I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. There are a few better things to do in the summer than take a uh, Sunday afternoon drive, listening to Steve Klauke call a baseball game. God bless America right there. Steve's kind enough to join us. Voice of the Salt Lake Bees, uh, baseball aficionado, and overall good dude. Steve, how are you? Hey, Steve. Hey, doing well, guys. Doing well. Still kind of on a, a high, though, from that... Uh, uh, unbelievable Hail Mary ending of the Weber State game on Saturday. That's right. The play-by-play voice of Weber State, football and basketball as well. And, uh, yeah, i got to imagine. I mean, you're probably thinking to yourself, look, this season has had so much promise. There's so much to look forward to. And and uh, because of a, of a fumble and a long drive and a score, it might have all just come to an end. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's alive and well again after that Hail Mary. Uh, it was unbelievable. First of all, you know, Northern Arizona scores with 17 seconds to go, so you think you're really in trouble. And fortunately for Weber State, the NAU kicker not only kicked it out of bounds, but another player was called for uh, unsportsmanlike conduct for taunting, so that got the ball to the 50-yard line. And after two failed plays, the uh, the perfect Hail Mary pass from uh, Randall Johnson and then the perfect catch at the other end uh, by Justin Malone. And uh, obviously uh, it was uh, uh, quite the finish. All the years I've been doing this, I'm pretty sure that's the first time I've ever uh, been able to call a using a baseball term, a walk-off Hail Mary, uh, yeah. uh, successful Hail Mary catch for a touchdown. I it, After the last couple of games that uh, Weber State's played, they've really pushed and struggled and and had you know good finishes and wins, and they remain undefeated. But, Steve, is this a, a championship-level team that we thought it might be? I, I think it will be. Uh, they need to get a couple of players back. I mean, they, they played the game on Saturday without their two starting defensive ends and starting middle linebacker and a couple of other injuries that took place uh, during the game. But I really think that the, this is a team, uh, you know, obviously they're going to need to get consistent quarterback play. Randall Johnson did well in a fill-in role on uh, Saturday. But, you know, uh, Bronson Barron's the guy. Uh, he has a, a fracture in his left wrist, which is fortunately his non-throwing wrist. So uh, there's an outside chance uh, he, he might play this Saturday down at Southern Utah. Wow. And so we'll see what happens uh, down there. Of course, the, the T-Birds are hurting right now. They're one and three, and all three of their losses have come on plays in the final 10 seconds. None of them Hail Marys, but they've lost three games in the final 10 seconds. So certainly a talented team, just kind of a snake big team, and that's uh, that's not a fun team to go up against when they're looking to try to snap out of a streak like that. All I know is that with the uh, the cold November and in one case December nights that we've spent in in Cedar City for football, I'm really happy about a day game on Saturday and temperatures in the mid to upper seventies. I know you carry a lot of responsibility through baseball season as well, Steve. But opening day for Major League Baseball, how excited you get? Is this a big one for you? Uh, there was a, I had a streak going at one point yeah. that started back in 1968 where I went to 
40 straight uh, Major League opening day games, which became a, a challenge once I moved to Utah, but I was able to, to maintain the streak in, in various ways. So it was uh, uh, you know, great to be able to do that. The streak finally came to an end in a year which was very strange in which the PCL and the Major League season began on the same day, but I can remember one time I went to Oakland uh, to do my share of uh, the old uh, jazz talk show, and uh, uh, with the help of Randy Rigby, I absconded with a few jazz polo shirts and traded two of them to George Brett in exchange for an interview. (laughs) (laughs) You're like Radar on MASH, doing a lot of uh, wheeling and dealing. Man, that's awesome. chance uh, to, to entice uh, George Brett to, to be on the show, I, you, know, you, you take advantage of it. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, you know, and that's the fun part is, is that I know that we're not quite there yet and the season isn't going to quite look like what we want it to look like, but it's a lot better than we were last year this time, that's for sure. Oh, there's no doubt. You know, there'll be fans in the stands, obviously not full houses. I think the Angels are allowing... 9,000 fans at this point to attend their games, and they open at home tonight uh, against the White Sox. Uh, various other teams, various levels uh, of attendance will be allowed. And, you know, and but but on the other side, as you just mentioned, Scott, you still have one game today that's already been uh, postponed because of COVID issues. So uh, while it's uh, maybe in the back of our mind, it should not be out of our mind. Can you kind of give us uh, a little more detail on uh, the fan attendance at Smith Park? Um, well, seeing that I'm still on furlough, I don't know really a whole lot that other what I've seen on the uh, uh, different uh, releases and stuff, but it sounds like to start the year anyway, uh, they're going to allow up to 3,000 fans starting with the opening game on, on May the 6th. So uh, I, I think it'll start at 3,000, and hopefully as time goes on and people get vaccinated, uh, they'll be able to expand that to a certain level. Uh, I, I don't know if the bees are going to do this yet, but I noticed in a lot of spring training ballparks where they have grass berms like uh, we have here in Salt Lake City, they would uh, circle areas so different you know, families could stay. If they stayed in the circle, they could sit out on the grass, but I don't know if the bees are doing it at this point. You know, I, I think that going out to that ballpark and being able to take in one of those games is one of the more enjoyable things in the state of Utah, Steve. And, and I, the, the thought of going an entire spring and summer last year without it was just brutal and painful for this community. Kind of walk us through how, how, that, how difficult it was for you to, to see that season canceled and, and did not have that B season last year. Strange hands. It was one of those things that uh, you, you kept uh, waking up each day, thinking, "Well, maybe things will change." Obviously, I knew that the season wasn't going to start on time. And then, as time, the longer it went, the more I thought, "Well, this isn't going to happen." So when they did announce it, I guess I was more mentally prepared than uh, I thought I was going to be. But it was definitely a long, quiet summer. Uh, thinking about the the view that I have from upstairs uh, of, of the Wasatch and the uh, and just the green of the grass and everything that goes around it, uh, it was really a, a, a tough, tough. Uh, summer to get through albeit uh, my yard looks as good as it's ever looked (laughs) well you know that's the thing you know a lot of us and you've been doing this for a long time and you're one of the best to have done it uh and i think one of the things that really sets you apart is your ability not to make it feel like a job but but sometimes we get callous and sometimes we just kind of treat it like uh you know, like it's, uh, you know, the same thing over and over and over again, and we forget how special it is. And, boy, when it gets taken away from you for a bit, you don't take it for granted. No, definitely not, Scott. Matter of fact, uh, the, the phrase I like to use is 
There might be days where I'm tired, but I'm never tired of it, regardless of the situation, because you just never know what you're going to see on a, on a given day, whether, you know, we've seen in recent years everything from a, a walk-off inside the park home run to a, a, a walk-off uh, uh, catcher's uh, uh, equipment uh, violation where the catcher used his mask to bring in a, a pitch in the dirt, which is illegal, and the runner advances a base. Well, it happened in the bottom of the 13th inning of a tie game, and Salt Lake had a runner at third base, and the, the run scored because the guy used the, the mask to bring in the ball. So you just never know what you're going to see, whether it's uh, on the field or even uh, off the field or on the field that has nothing to do with baseball. I can still remember games that have been delayed because of you know, nine to ten foot long yellow snakes slithering across right field in Colorado Springs where the Sky Sox right fielder refused to take his position while that snake was out there. <laughs> hey, Steve, I have not, I've only been to one ballpark. I've been to Petco. Okay. And, and I, if, if you were going to suggest four all-time parks that I have to visit before my time on this earth is done, what four parks do I need to get out to, outside of Petco that I've already been to? I'm going to give you two of the relatively new ones and two of the historic ones. Obviously, uh, Fenway Park in Boston and, and Wrigley Field in, in Chicago, where, of course, uh, I grew up going to Cub games, albeit to root for the other team. Uh, and then Fenway, you know, it, it, it smells, it's uh, awful, it's cramped, but it's still uh history when you, when you just walk through the, the gates there at the ballpark. And uh, I had a chance to, to go to a three-game series a few years back because at the time they had three former Salt Lake players on their roster and through their PR guy, who happened to be my broadcast partner on the 1996 AAA All-Star game, that I uh, was able to go to uh, three different games at Fenway, sit at three different sections of the ballpark, and really get a feel for what uh, it was like. Although that uh, last game was interesting because they were asking people throughout the contest to stay after the game because they were shooting crowd shots for the movie Fever Pitch. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, of the newer parks, I would definitely go with uh, the, the new one in Pittsburgh. Great, great view, great venue. Great food, uh, just everything that you you want uh, in a ballpark. That was certainly uh, would be one. And I think the other one that uh, that I've been to that I would uh, uh, would go uh, Safeco or, or whatever it's called now. T-Mobile Park in Seattle is a great place to watch a game. And I guess that would tie that for a second with uh, San Francisco. San Francisco ballpark with the bay in the background and the and the food there. Hey, any ballpark where you can get a lobster roll and garlic fries is all right Ooh. by me. Ooh. Yeah, nothing wrong that with that. That sounds really good. <laughs> That's really now you're good. talking our language, Steve. I know, I know. Well, what you, what, what's your guys' go-to food at the ballpark? Well, I've been, uh, I, I, you know, I get out to the Smiths Park probably six or seven times a year, and I just, I hit every one of their dogs. And I know at one point they were doing a nacho dog, they were mm-hmm. doing a Chicago dog, they were, and and I'll just kind of rotate through the dogs, but. I, I think they took the nacho dog off the menu, but that was my go-to. Because uh, I know a lot of people like, I know it's still Gail Miller's favorite par, uh, hot dog there is the the one that Larry concocted himself, uh, the all-star dog with that Parmesan cheese sauce on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. So good. Yeah, but it's uh, typically it's the dog, but it's a loaded dog. It's not just a dog with ketchup. I, I like those big old beefy dogs. Oh, you lost him there. That's illegal. Where I come from, that's illegal. Is it just mustard? I remember you get every once in a while, you'll you'll get after us on well, Twitter the, about it. The true our... Chicago dog has mustard, onion, tomato, a slice of uh, 
uh, glow-in-the-dark green relish, uh, sport peppers, and celery salt. But seeing that I'm from the suburbs, I only go with mott pea, mustard, onion, tomato, pickle. Wow. Uh, and and apparently, apparently you don't like cheese on your burgers either. Uh, no. No, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm actually not a cheese person unless it's... Uh, uh, you know, like mozzarella on pizza or um, provolone on a Philly cheesesteak from Moochie's. Uh, I will say, though, I, I, I feel pretty comfortable in saying you're not a pineapple on a pizza guy. Definitely not. All right, there we go. Definitely now we're not. on the same. Now we're on the same page. <laughs> um, so give us uh, hands and I look. You know, we we're football. We love basketball, but you know, baseball doesn't have a huge presence on, on the show here. So give us a few storylines on what you're keeping an eye on in Major League Baseball that we all should be looking at going into the season. I guess number one would be who's going to be able to knock off the Dodgers because I don't think uh, unless they run into some injury problems, I don't think anybody's going to be able to stop them from becoming the first. Uh, uh, back-to-back World Series champions since the Yankees in 1999 and 2000. That would be two things, or, or one thing. I think another would be, uh, you know, what did the Angels do in the offseason? Did they do well enough to try to improve? You know, you realize that in Mike Trout's nine full seasons uh, with the Angels, they've only finished above 500 three times and only made the playoffs once. That's, wow. uh, that's ridiculous. They need to, uh, the new management uh, tried to load up the pitching staff, maybe not big names, but I think they're going to be, uh, better than what they've been, whether it uh, constitutes a, a chance at a wild card or even a division title, remains to be seen. And I think uh, I think the White Sox are an interesting story. Uh, actually, the White Sox are an interesting story uh, from the standpoint they've got a lot of great young talent. Will it come to fruition this year after you know getting a taste of it in the playoffs last year? And can the Padres challenge the Dodgers with all the money they've spent during the offseason? I'm not sure that they can. We're just watching Aaron Judge step up to the plate. we got Ooh. some games on right now. Who is the best hitter in Major League Mike Baseball? Yeah. I mean, the man, the man can do it all. and He's the total player. They always talk about five-tool players. He's a six-tool player. He's got the, this extra tool between the ears that makes him so, not only uh, you know, baseball smart, but smart in general, the way he handles himself and all that. I, I think that and the way that he can swing the bat uh, for power, swing for average, I just think he's, he's got it all. And uh, I don't think, uh, I mean, there's some great young talent coming around, Fernando Tatis Jr. and a few others, but I, I just think that right now it's still Mike Trout. Steve Klopke joining us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Um, how's, your, how's your White Sox looking? I think they're going to be really good. Uh, it's, just, uh, it's just a matter of uh, will, the, you know, will that experience they uh, uh, gained last year making the playoffs uh, for the first time in years, uh, will that uh, develop into some confidence to get to, into the postseason and go deeper this year? Obviously, they lost uh, their uh, left fielder, Eloy Jimenez, running into a wall uh, in spring training. He's out for five months. And the other wild card in all this, can this young team respond to a, a, a veteran manager that they hired in Tony LaRusso move that still leaves me scratching my head. <laughs> no I, I doubt. I just don't understand that at all. But uh, so far, uh, the players have bought into what he's selling, so it'll be very interesting to see uh, how that uh, develops on the south side of Chicago. Hey, Steve, what do you think Major League Baseball should do with Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa? And, and, and you could put, I guess, a pretty large group, but what do you think Major League Baseball should or need to or, or will do with those names when it comes to the Hall of Fame? Well, obviously, the, you know, I, I don't think the writers will uh, induct any of them. I think the, uh, at this point they, they, they want to still leave the Hall of Fame as a holier-than-thou uh, edifice uh, in Cooperstown, New York. 
Uh, on the other hand, I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if the Veterans Committee, depending on who's on the committee, because there's some staunch anti-steroid guys uh, that are uh, on that committee, that, that that's their best chance uh, of getting in personally. You know, what they did was wrong, there's no doubt about it, but uh, uh, it's still uh, the Hall of Fame, and these guys uh, certainly had their great careers, especially Bonds, before he enlarged himself. So I I really think at this point, you know, maybe you have a separate wing for guys like this, but I I really think they should be in at this point, because who's to say who used, who didn't, and, uh, you know, how, how many of the pitchers that they faced were using it as well. I'm going to steal that line before Bonds enlarged himself. That was a great line. <laughs> I picked up on that. <laughs> Man, that's, a, that's one way to say it. That's pretty subtle. Well, pretty like impressive. With, with, with Pete Rose, I think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame, just still banned from baseball. Yeah. What he did. But yeah. what he did on the field, you, it was second to, to, to none. I agree. Uh, tell us the uh, give us the outlook on what the uh, I guess you know not the Pacific Coast League anymore, but uh, what <laughs> league what league play looks like for uh, for the bees this year? Yeah, the, with what Major League Baseball did, they took they took away the names of all the uh, leagues. I think for the opportunity to sell sponsorships of the leagues, which just fries me. But anyway, uh, the bees will now be in what's going to be called Triple A West instead of a sixteen team league. It'll be a ten team league with Salt Lake being a division with uh, Las Vegas, Reno, Sacramento, and Tacoma, and the other division being Albuquerque, El Paso, uh, Round Rock, Oklahoma City, and the new team in Sugarland, Texas, which is a suburb of Houston. Uh, right now, because of the first month being eliminated, it'll be a 118-game uh, schedule at this point. So uh, it's going to be interesting. The good news is I don't have to go to Fresno anymore because they were relegated to single A. Yeah, but you don't get that tri-tip oh, sandwich. I know, I know. That that was the one good thing about Fresno, but uh, it, it's tough to justify the whole visit just for the one sandwich, as good as it is. I spent six days in Fresno this year, so uh, <laughs> a lot ate a lot of those tri-tips. I went down there for four days. The second game was canceled and then uh, postponed, and then so we had to go back and play there again. So, yeah, I, I, got, I got a lot of Fresno this year, and uh, I'm good going a ways without it. Let's just say that. Well, I'm just looking forward to getting back on the road. I've been stuck on 199 diners, drive-ins, and dives restaurants. I I, I got to find number 200. <laughs> a uh, judge just struck out on a full count. So his first up up to bat struck out on a full well, count. You, you, Overrated. You're going to end up in a, in a in a home run or a strikeout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no no surprise there. I could feel the wind from his bat from where I'm sitting. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big man. He is. Uh, so what uh, what cities have come on the uh, on on the on the trip that are on the circuit that maybe have not have been there before? Uh, Sugarland, Texas, which is just outside of Houston. Uh, That's but right. Unfortunately, that uh, road trip was one of those uh, wiped out by April being canceled, so uh, won't go there for a while. So, and then on the other side, uh, St. Paul. But the, I guess from subtraction, not only Fresno but uh, Omaha, Des Moines, uh, Memphis, and Nashville are all. Uh, uh, off the circuit, they're now over in in the other league, which is too bad. A, a lot of good good food in, in a lot of those cities, and some good people do. Matter of fact, the Iowa broadcaster, he and his girlfriend were on uh, uh, House Hunters this past Tuesday. Wow, Steve, what's your sketchiest moment on an airplane? I know. Oh you yeah, I was going to ask you about this. <laughs> okay, uh, there, there's two, but one. I guess the one would be we're flying into Calgary, and Calgary is a, a, an airport that always has turbulence. Uh, you know, it sits right you know by the Rockies and all that, and it was particularly uh, violent on this 
given day. And uh, well, I had a couple of players. Uh, I was in a middle seat back then. And so um, the player to my right goes, uh, Damian Miller goes, Steve, can you uh, can you uh, lower the window shade? I'm afraid that if I do it, uh, I'm going to throw up. So I, okay, sure. <laughs> And then the guy to my left, Brian Robbie, said, Steve, can, can you turn the, the fan up and get the breeze on me? I'm afraid if I try to do it, I'll get sick. And it was pretty violent coming in. But there was one player named Van Snyder, a journeyman player. Every time we hit a pocket of turbulence, he would lift his arms in the air like he was on a roller coaster and go, whee! <laughs> I tell you what, there were 24 other guys on that team, as well as other passengers, who were ready to strangle him when we got off the plane. Was he yelling "we" during the whole thing? Yes. yes. And then one time we were flying into Edmonton, and about 30 minutes outside of Edmonton, we got the, uh, an announcement from the pilot saying that his windshield had cracked like a jigsaw puzzle. And wow. That, um, Unfortunately, United Airlines, because uh, this flight was out of Denver, United Airlines told them that they were going to fly a new windshield and repair crew up there to get it fixed and my thought is we're on a canadair jet it was built in canada they should have it there so instead they made us make a a, a left turn uh, uh and fly back to of all places salt lake city uh to repair the windshield and that was about 10 30 in the morning they said we'd probably or 10 30 yeah 10 30 in the morning we were going to leave maybe about 2 30 well about 5 30 in the afternoon we finally got on the plane and just as we were backing out they called us back into the gate saying that the grounds crew wanted to empty the septic tank. So we take off. The game was supposed to start at 6.30. Normally the game would have been canceled, but it was June, 30, or, yeah, June 30th, which is the eve of Canada Day, their big holiday. So they had a sellout crowd in fireworks. So we get to the airport in Edmonton. I uh, get on the bus. We have a uh, police escort, and our manager is on the phone with the Edmonton general manager to figure out what we were going to do. We pull in the parking lot at 9 o'clock, and he gets up and goes, okay, guys, we're going to start at 9.50, but no innings going to start after 11 o'clock so they can get the fireworks. So we wound up playing three innings. Wow. <laughs> and then finished, finished it the next day with a doubleheader. <laughs> That's... That's really interesting. I was telling Hans there was a uh, when I, I did uh, pre and post for Utah and traveled with him for one year, and they were playing a game at San Diego. And for some reason, and Utah handled San Diego State really easily, but as the game went on, more people ended up in the stands. And I'm like, what is going yeah. on? And by the end of it, the place is packed, and Utah beat San Diego State fairly easily. Well, they had this huge San Diego fireworks show at the end of the game, and people needed to get tickets. Well, nobody wanted to go to the football game, so they were showing up in the third and fourth quarter so that they could see the fireworks show at the end of the game. Well, that actually happened to us. Weber State opened the season at San Diego State two years ago, and uh, that same thing happened. It was like uh, you know a handful of people to begin the game, and by the end of the game it was, uh, it was packed, and you wanted to get out of there before the fireworks finished. Yeah. Well, Steve, we appreciate it, man. Always good catching up with you. You're the best and can't wait to hear you on those bees games. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it, guys. And just remember, Hans, a real game in the spring is better than a spring game. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's a nice little parting shot right there, Steve. Wildcats Wildcats host Idaho State next Saturday at at Stewart Stadium, and uh, there are still some tickets available. Everybody needs to get out there and enjoy it. Thank you, Steve. (laughs) All right, awesome. Steve Clock, you're right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.